This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 984 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you, one day at a time. horse people coach jen here and thanks for tuning in to horse tip daily today's tip is the second of three with horse gal and bicycling enthusiast gina moronic this time be one with your horse and be one with your bike and we'll get right to our tip after this important message from equestriancollections.com well greetings horse folks coach jen here and debbie is with me from equestrian collections And she's got the Equestrian Collections Product of the Week. Hi, Jennifer. This week I'm going to be featuring the Shires Convenience Clip. This is such a unique product. It's not very expensive, but I think it's going to be worth its weight in gold when you see what it is. This is a, you know, if you have blankets that have buckle attachments in the front and how inconvenient that can be um, when a horse either doesn't want to stand still or if he's eating and he gets in, you know, his head's down getting hay in his stall or, um, it just, or it's cold and you're wearing gloves, this convenience clip can convert a buckle on the front of the blanket to a snap. It's really very cool. It comes in two pieces. It sounds a little bit um, confusing, but the uh, pieces come with very specific instructions on how you can convert your buckle attachment to a snap uh, connection on the front of your blankets. And it comes in a pair so that if you have a blanket that has two, which most of them do, um, you can do uh, both of them on the same blanket. Or if you happen to have blankets um, or sheets or whatever that only have um, one, then you can do it on two. But essentially, you run one piece through one side of the attachment and the second piece through the buckle side. And it's really quite easy. You can make it into a snap con- connection, which I think a lot of people find a lot more convenient, and it's a whole lot cheaper than buying a more convenient blanket, you can can just convert it to a snap on the front of your blanket. So I thought that this was a very good product to feature in September as we're going into blanketing season. That's the Shire's Convenience Clip. It comes in a pair, comes with lots of instructions on how to put it together, and it's only $13.95. That is a great deal for the convenience because there's nothing worse in the wintertime than trying to fuss and fiddle with the buckles on the front of a blanket and you're wearing big fat gloves and the horses are fussing and it's snowing. This is a great idea and you have a lovely picture of it here on the website. So it's very clear how it works and you can see exactly what it's supposed to do. And as you said, it comes with great instructions. The Shire Convenience Clip if you can't spell convenience, type it in there, and I'm sure AutoCorrect will fix it up for you. It's for a mere schmear $13.95. You can make your life a whole lot easier this winter. Thanks a lot, Debbie. And I'm so happy to welcome back to Horse Tip Daily, Gina Moronic, who is here to help us out with some cross-training tips because she is a rider of a OTTB who needs all the balancing help she can get. And she's taken all these really clever 
skills that she has developed on a horse and figured out ways to apply them to bicycle riding, which is something that a lot of us do to help stay fit when we can't be on a horse. Welcome to the show, Gina. Yeah, thank you very much. Now, what is what is your OTTB's name? Her name is Lark, or Meadow Lark, but Lark is her bar name. She has a jockey club registered name of Aunt Lou, but her prior owner very wisely decided that Aunt Lou was not uh, was not Aunt. the name that she was going to Aunt, with. Aunt Lou. Now, Aunt Lou just doesn't know. Aunt Lou is something no. that you, that's something you call a small brown pony that's been overweight its whole life <laughs> and takes the grandkids yeah. for pony rides. <laughs> yeah, precisely. That's yeah, what precisely. You call it didn't Lou. suit Lark at all. Now, this, I've got a, a set of notes here that you gave me to, to, to uh, help fill me in on what we're going to be talking about on the show. And I found this a fascinating concept of using your equitation skills aboard a horse that help you be one with the horse and get a better better performance, but how to use those to get a better performance on a bicycle, really? Yeah, believe it or not. Um, So one of the things that I learned earlier on um, in trying to kind of fix my cycling was, uh, and this was particularly helpful because I had a shoulder injury, was I needed to keep my shoulders and my elbows supple and not throw weight on my hands. And that's, you know, true in the horse world. Don't lock up your elbows unless you'd like to get in a tug of war. And don't balance on your hands unless you'd like to keep getting yoinked forward. Um, you'll find, too, if you can keep your, use your core, keep your weight up, and keep your shoulders and elbows loose, you won't end up with numb hands, which happens to a lot of people. You ride on the bike for a while and say, oh, my gosh, why can't I feel my hands? It's because you're putting weight on your hands. So it takes more work to balance with your core than to just throw all your weight on your hands. But, you know, just like in the horseback riding world, you get a lot more benefit from keeping supple, keeping loose and flowing. You'll also find that you won't have that, gee, why is my front end of my bike so jittery? Why are all these bumps so hard? Well, it's because you're locking against them. And it's a really natural thing to do. But if you can keep it loose, keep flowing, it'll be a much more pleasant ride. Yes, Glenn is very much guilty of this one. Whenever he comes back from a long bike ride, he walks into the house and he's shaking his hand violently because yeah. it fell asleep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a perfectly natural thing. I find the more tired I'm getting on a bike ride, the more I really have to pull myself off there because you do just want to throw your weight forward. Now, whenever you're riding, in order to maximize your position and your that the relationship of that position to your horse's position, um, you have to have things in the right place. You ride around with stirrups that are too short or too long or your <laughs> reins that are too short or too long. Uh, things are going to be difficult to get right. It's going to be harder to get the job done. Does it matter when you're riding a bicycle if the handlebars are in the wrong place or the seat is in the <laughs> wrong place? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just experienced this when I was riding a demo bike the other day. It doesn't take much for if your seat height is wrong for everything else to be out of whack. Um, and in terms of fitting a bike to you, uh, it's good to seek out somebody who knows how to do that. A lot of bike shops know how to do that. So if you can find a bike shop that's local to you, that's friendly, yeah. uh, they can make adjustments and make things a lot more comfortable. And it doesn't take much adjustment often to just, oh, that's much better. Just like with a saddle fitter, you know, yeah. you don't have to change those panels that much. And all of a sudden it's, oh, wow, it's so much more stable. I really like it now. Yeah, the bike shop is your friend. Glenn discovered that ASAP when he purchased his a little while back. He <laughs> went excellent. he went to a local bike shop and they had him sit on a bunch of bikes mm-hmm. and he talked and he really 
you know, he spent a good hour with him, um, oh, yeah. letting him sit on different things and making those adjustments because, you know, we all yep. grew up, you know, you, you got a bicycle yeah. from the local department yeah. store and you're, you rammed around on it. Sure. Um, sure. But he wanted we to have, he, he, yeah, he wanted to have something that he could ride for long distances and be right. comfortable on. And that was, that was definitely worth the time and effort. And now what happens is anytime it needs an adjustment, he just drives it right into the local bike store yep. and they fix them right up. You're yep. right. It's just like having a local, uh, a saddle fitter that you, you know yep. and trust. You have them out once a year to adjust things and check things and make sure yep. they're okay. So a, a great little bit of advice. And my personal one, this is mine, and I'm no bicycle expert, but we have two bicycles in our family. Glenn's, which he purchased mm-hmm. at a bicycle store, mm-hmm. and mine, which was purchased at a department store. Oh, um, I prefer to ride Glenn's. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. I bet you do. Yep, yep. It's, yeah, just well, you know, the $24 saddle that you got off of Craigslist may not be as comfortable as the one that you got from the saddle fitter, and they might hold true with the bike world. And not it, always. Yeah, and it's actually, it's actually easier to ride it properly, which was yeah. what surprised me. That because yeah. when I got your little notes and went out and tried some of those things, it really surprised me. I thought, wow, it's really hard to yeah. balance on this bicycle because it's not designed for the rider to be balanced. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like a cheap Unfortunate saddle. but true. <laughs> but, but, you know, what, the one thing you can take away from that is it's not your fault. It's just the fact <laughs> that what you were working with was not well designed. So if you get something well designed, then you can be a lot more effective. It's not that, oh, gosh, I can't do this anymore. It's just that, oh, well, you have a machine that isn't helping you. There you go. Now, what about bumps? I don't. I ride for the most part on the road, but even the road yep. has potholes and speed oh, bumps yeah. and things like that. How can we make doing that apply to riding and vice versa? So here I will um, draw the parallel between if you're receiving a horse over a jump. Uh, so if you're receiving a horse over the jump, you receive them into your hands and then release forward. And the same works really well. So if you know that's coming then that's what you can do. You can just receive with your shoulders and then release back. So that's, again, where staying supple and loose will help you. And also, you know, don't feel bad about standing up if you need to get over railroad tracks or something because I have to ride over railroad tracks fairly often. I'm not sitting through that. I don't need the abuse on my my nether regions. No, 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 (laughs) no, 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 no. No, no. No, so there's nothing wrong with getting up at a two-point now and again to, well, we need to get over this little bump. Let's do that. So that kind of makes sense. And I'm a chronic over-jumper. I'm one of those riders that always oh. ended up laying on the horse's neck over fences. I've, it's oh, a bad yeah. habit. I've struggled with it my whole life. So this is something that I can do is go out and purposefully find bumpy areas of the road and practice that process of using my core and staying in position yep. and letting the yep. bike move up and down in front of me. That's a great thing to practice because Ooh. that muscle memory is going to stay with me when I get on a horse. Let's hope so. <laughs> now, what, hey, what, what, know, what, I, I, what about looking where you're going? I'm a, I'm a chronic look at the yeah. wheel in front of me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and that's an easy thing to do when you're on a horse, too. It's just, oh, boy, things aren't going well. I know. How about fetal position and looking at the ground? Well... That, you know, I had an old riding instructor who said, don't look at the dirt unless you want to go there. Um, so yeah. same is true with the bike. There's nothing wrong with scanning the road ahead of you, looking for potholes or, or the trail or whatever. But if you want to make a nice smooth turn, just like you would if you're doing a line, you know, on barrels or through a jump line or something, 
you need to look through that turn, and that's going to help realign your body to follow that turn, uh, and it's also going to make sure that your weight is staying up and back instead of crouched down and forward and throwing weight on the front end. And, you know, it's all the same problems as being on a horse. You throw the weight on the front end, it's just not going to go well. And this was something when I, when I worked on this particular one, um, again, like, I tend to look too close. I, I look at the front tire, yeah. basically, or the road right yep. in front of me. And when I, the further out I let my eye go, the more difficult I found it to balance through the turn and create a smooth turn because I was depending on my eyesight to balance mm. the bike. Kind of like riders oh. do if you have a rider close their eyes while they're riding and you put them on the lunge oh. line and you practice with your clothes and things yeah. all of a sudden go um, awry. Well, it's a little tough to close your sure. eyes on the bicycle because you're not lunging it. Don't do that. Don't <laughs> do that. Yeah, please don't do that. No, and the other thing I have found helps me on two turns is that um, an old trick, and you probably had a riding instructor tell you to do that or maybe you tell your students, is you feel like there's a string pulling the top of your head so that you elongate your spine. Now, this is not a way to get to the turn as fast as possible, but it is a way to keep yourself up and balanced so that you're looking through the turn, but you're not looking through the turn like a really aggressive jump line. You're looking through the turn like you do, you know, in quiet, flat work. So it's not that you're trying to anticipate the turn 180 degrees on the other side of you. You're Mm -hmm. just making a flowing line in front of you, and if you can pull that string on your head, you get your spine nice and straight, and your weight a little back again. Cool. Well, this is more stuff that I can practice. Thank you so much for stopping by, Gina. <laughs> no problem. Beaker's going to be so happy because it's going to take some of the pressure off of him. He's going, oh, thank goodness, Mom's learning to ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to help on whatever sphere. <laughs> <laughs> stay it tuned, folks. Well, stay tuned, folks, because Gina's going to stop by again with a couple of more um, interesting ways that she's been able to take her passion for riding horses and apply it to her bicycle riding, which she does to help stay fit in between. So uh, we'll see. You, so we'll see you next time, Gina. Well, there you go. You can listen to all of your favorite Horse Radio Network shows with you by downloading the free Horse Radio Network app for iPhone or Android. Just go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. Do it today. It's quick. It's free, and it's easy. This podcast has been made possible through the generous support of EquestrianCollections.com and listeners like you. If you'd like to find out more on how you can help to support Horse Radio Network programming, go to HorseTipDaily.com and click on the Become an Auditor banner in the center of the page. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.